Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Connecting Africa's Paula Gilbert about Safaricom's new network in Ethiopia. This will be the country's first private telecoms operator to end the country's decades-long telecoms monopoly. We also discuss why South Africa's government wants to turn 2G and 3G off by 2024 and 2025, respectively. However, operators are saying it's too soon as about 60% of mobile traffic in South Africa still runs on 3G. Okay, welcome to What's the Story, Paula. Thanks for joining me. Sure thing. It's nice to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, you too. Uh, so you had uh, some updates for us on, uh, is it Safaricom? Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, yeah, so it sounds like they just launched um, a new network in Ethiopia. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, that and, and why it's important? Yeah, of course. So um, Ethiopia is a really interesting country because um, we're coming to the end of like decades long monopoly in the country. They only had one operator that was owned by the government. And then it's been kind of an ongoing process um, for a couple of years. But Safaricom, which is a Kenyan company, partly owned by Vodafone and Vodacom as well. Um, but they've got the first sort of independent license in Ethiopia now. And they've officially launched in the capital Addis Ababa as well as 10 other cities. So they've launched 2G, 3G, 4G services, and they plan to launch in 25 cities by April next year. Um, so this has been on the card since June 2019. It kind of came from the government side, which is interesting. They decided back then that they wanted to open up a whole lot of sectors um, liberalize the economy basically. And so telecoms was one of them. Um, and so they said at the time they wanted to give two licenses and sell a minority stake in Ethio Telecom, which is the, the government owned one. So Safaricom was given the license last year, May. Um, they're the only one so far. And then it's through sort of a consortium, Vodafone, Vodacom, and then two other big investors. And yeah, they've eventually launched now. Um, so yeah, it's exciting, obviously, because a monopoly ending, one of the last monopolies in Africa, and that brings hopefully positives for the people of Ethiopia, because um, obviously when you have more competition, prices hopefully will go down, internet access will improve, all of those good things. Um, also, Ethiopia is a massive country, population of 115 million, so the second biggest in Africa. So obviously, so a huge opportunity for mobile operators, not only to make money, but also, you know, to help digitize and, and bring digital inclusion to the country. Yeah. So it sounds like they have um, some good backing from some big names. Are they running um, their own uh, fiber network or do you, do you have any details on, um, you know, what the network looks like? So I'm not really sure. Some of it's going to be infrastructure sharing with Ethio Telecom. So I'm not 100% sure about the fiber assets yet. I know they are building some of their own stuff and then doing some partnership deals, but they're kind of launching a, a brand new network there. Um, Safaricom is very big in Kenya. They also are very big in mobile money. So that's a big 
um, positive also for Ethiopia, hopefully going forward. Um, Safaricom started in PESA, which was the first and one of the most successful mobile money platforms in Africa. So um, the current license actually doesn't let them do mobile money in um, Ethiopia. At the moment, it's just Ethiopia Telecom. But it sounds like from the government, they've been talking just this week, kind of the, the presidents have met and sounds like they'll be getting that license soon. So that's kind of an interesting aspect as well. Okay. Do, have they announced anything in terms of um, pricing uh, for the network or, or what, um, you know, what kind of speeds that they're offering? No, sorry, I don't have any info on that. Um, I'm not sure what, I guess I could look into it. I'm sure they, they're launching some cards and um, the rollouts have sort of started over the last couple of weeks. So I'm sure they must be pricing out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be an interesting one to um, keep an eye on and, and also see, you know, if, if any other providers will pop up to um, kind of thwart that monopoly. I think that's interesting. So you said the government kind of backed this, right? Yeah, so they, um, it was a new, I can't remember, Prime Minister or President at the time who um, kind of wanted to be able to open up a lot of different sectors and bring in foreign investment because that hadn't really been a thing um, at the time. So yeah, so they want to sell also a stake in Ethiopia Telecom. They, the idea was to offer two licenses. They had bids at the time last year, 20. 21. Um, MTN just didn't offer enough money, it seemed. Um, they didn't like their bid, whereas Safaricom offered a bit more. But they might, they still do have this extra license in theory. I mean, they can give as many licenses as they, as they want, right? Mm -hmm. But there is a, a, a third license up for grabs, um, but they haven't opened it up again to any um, foreign investment. But I mean, at the time, they were talking about like possibly Etihad, um, uh, Orange, um, Airtel, there are lots of big operators on the continent that Ethiopia would be an interesting country to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll, that'll be interesting to follow and, and see what develops there. So thanks for that update. Uh, and also wanted to talk to you today about um, South Africa's uh, government plans um, to turn off 2G and 3G by 2024 and 2025. Can you uh, give us a little update there and also why they're planning to do that? Yeah, so it's an interesting that's one that's come up um, in the last couple of weeks, sort of a bit of a surprise. Um, I mean, other places in the world have talked about turning off 2G and 3G, but not in such short timeframes. I think the UK mm -hmm. is like 2033 or something. Um, but basically, the, the government announced, yeah, they want to turn off both um, of both 2G and 3G over the next two to three years. Um, but most of the operators locally say the timeframe is a bit short because a lot of, especially for 3G, a lot of their customers are still very reliant on 3G. So um, it's not a done and dusted thing. You know, the government, they've just put out like a policy document, basically a draft one um, proposing that 2G gets turned off by June 2024 and then sunsetting of 3G by March 2025. Um, so overall, the idea of decommissioning them is good because it means we're freeing up spectrum in those um, bands to be used for 4G and for other tech that's going to come in the future, right? But it's just the timelines seem a bit short. And a lot of the operators I've spoken to say that, you know, more discussions are needed with government um, before the timelines are sort of finalized. So basically, if you look at it with the stats, um, Omdia, our sister company, um, shows that in South Africa, 3G subscriptions, um, sort of midway through this year, we're still 60% of overall subscriptions, which is a lot. So it seems pretty crazy to me <laughs> to want to turn <laughs> off in like three years. Um, obviously, the number set to come down as 4G improves, um, more people switch to 4G phones. So 
their stats were kind of saying it'll drop to 33% on 3G by 2024 and then 22% by the end of 2025. But I mean, they want to turn off in 2025. 22% is still a lot, I think, of people right. on something on, you know, a specific tech to, to turn it off. 2G is a different story kind of. It's a small, small um, portion. It's like 4% on um, 2G at the moment. So we've seen a massive drop. Um, and back in 2010, there were about 84% of all mobile subscriptions in South Africa were on 2G. Now, I mean, it's down to 4%. It's going to drop to basically nothing by by 2025. Um, the thing with 2G that's interesting is a lot of it mostly is like uh, machine to machine and IoT is still running on that. So things like um, car tracking systems, uh, point of sale devices, some sort of legacy emergency services um, systems, private alarm systems, stuff like that. So it'll just be a bit of a transition for those industries to kind of move to a newer tech um, if they do turn off 2G. Um, kind of the issue with turning off 3G and 2G is affordability mostly of devices, I would say. So the market's obviously very different to North America or, or Europe. Um, so a lot of people are using a 2G um, feature phone because that's what they can afford. Um, mm -hmm. Or you've got these smart feature phones, which are kind of a hybrid that run mostly on 3G, some are on 4G. But if you're forcing people to not have those phones because they can't work on the um, networks anymore, then you're also sort of disadvantaging the poorest of the poor who maybe can't afford uh, more expensive phones. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And it sounds like a, you know, there's a lot of nuances there uh, and, and complexities to turning those off. I mean, the, the 2G part, it sounds like that's more, uh, you know, the responsibility of the manufacturers and, and the, the telcos to get that shift to happen. But then um, 3G, you've got a lot to consider in terms of uh, what consumers are are kind of willing to part with. And, and like you said, you know, just sh shutting it off altogether, you're kind of putting um, a lower income group in a big disadvantage. So exactly. Uh, like I understand on the one side, the government is wanting people to have better um, access, people to have better experience on, on smartphones and things. So obviously it would be better if you're on a 4G smartphone than if you're on a 2G feature phone and you'd be able to access the internet more easily and all those things. And that would be good for people in general. But if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Right. So, um, there's this interesting company called the Alliance for Affordable Internet, and they sort of compared the data, and they think sub-Saharan Africa, um, the cost of a smartphone is about 45% of average monthly income for wow. people in sub-Saharan Africa. Compared to globally, it's an average of about 26% of monthly mm -hmm. income. But you can just see the knock-on effect, you know, to people's finances if you're forcing them to buy a smartphone, you know, because they can't communicate any other way um, or use mobile services. So I think it's going to be an interesting one to follow and see what happens. I don't think the deadlines are going to be these set ones. <laughs> yeah. um, the government of South Africa is not great at hitting their own deadlines anyway, so um, <laughs> I doubt it's really going to happen. I think it will definitely get pushed back. Um, but it's interesting that they are trying to take a step forward and kind of leapfrog a lot of other countries and say, okay, well, let's go with these um, better technologies like 4G and 5G and maybe turn off the worst ones. I just think practically maybe not the best idea. Also, um, one of the operators, MTN, also says something interesting. They said it would be better to turn off 3G first and keep like a tiny bit of 2G still going for all mm -hmm. those legacy systems. And they thought it would happen that way around. So that's quite interesting. It's not what I thought 
would happen. I don't know how it's happened in, in the States or, or in European countries, if, if it's more that way and people moving to 4G and then just having a tiny bit of 2G still running. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, I hadn't thought about it that way either. And um, also, that was a really interesting statistic you shared on um, the percentage of income that they're spending. Um, you know, it really goes to show that we consider our phones just such an important part of <laughs> our just our lives in general, I guess, that people are willing to spend um, I think you said some are 45% of their income. Like that's wild to me. Like nearly half of your income spent just on, uh, just on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I guess it's like, it's an expensive one off item, right? If you're going right. to buy it that way, if you're not going to do it on a contract, but a huge part of, um, Africa's market is prepaid. Um, mm-hmm. so majority of people will, will have prepaid phones. So they'll just pay for, you know, um, data or, or airtime when they need it. So, um, buying a phone is an expensive sort of thing to do up front, or you kind of taking it on credit, you ending up paying more for it. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing, but then it's also like so much of Africa is, is mobile centric. Um, so everything pretty much all the internet runs on mobile. I mean, not all, obviously we have other kind of internet services, but <laughs> the majority of people use their phone for most of the, the things that they do online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, man, well, that's a, that's a big challenge I think for, for South Africa, um, over the next few years, um, to, uh, you know, kind of sunset some of those networks. So, um, be interesting to, uh, hear your future updates on how things are going and, and we can check in later to see, did they actually meet the deadline or, you know, how far postponed <laughs> did it end up being, which is, it's probably going to be the latter. For sure. I think it's two, two interesting um, stories about two countries sort of quite far apart that are definitely developing and there'll, there'll be some updates coming down the line that I'll be able to share. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks, Paula. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Great to chat to you. We'll chat again soon. You too. Thanks so much, Paula, for taking the time to talk today. And thanks to our wonderful producer, Pierre Landriot, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.